There is so much unpredictability in today's financial world. To successfully retire in that environment, it's so important to get on track and stay there. And that's why Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management bring you the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast. And joining them today to help keep you on the right path, here's Peter St. James. Today, I know we were talking about this before we went on the air, you wanted to talk about long-term investing. Okay. As opposed to short-term investing? Well... I mean, how do we define long-term investing? Seven to 10 years. That, that's long-term? That's, that's long-term. And the reason for that terminology okay. is, obviously, we all know what we're going through right now. Okay? People tend to make uh, emotional decisions. They get emotional about their money. And that is the worst thing you can do. Okay? You need to take the opportunity and get your financial goals and shape your own future, not based on emotion. Because when you start basing your decisions on emotion, just imagine how many people would move their money out of the markets right now, which is probably the worst thing you can do. Buy high, sell low. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. You, know, you want to avoid following the herd. Is that, is that a natural reaction though? It is. Is that a fight or flight kind of thing? With a lot of people. Okay. Uh, you know, if I think Bitcoin's a perfect example of that. Correct. Bitcoin got driven up to astronomical levels just because it was FOMO, fear of missing out. People just wanted to get in on it, and they had no idea what they were doing, many of them, right? And, and I'm, that's, I'm that's one of them. I don't get up. Bitcoins. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Well, that's that's for a different show. Uh, it's <laughs> Right. Uh, we don't even, I mean... Uh, as um, you know, registered securities advisors, we don't even discuss those because it's not in our wheelhouse. Sure, uh, but, it's a, but my point was, it's a very confusing topic. It's and confusing for, for people to just say, "Here, I, I want. It, let's do that." Uh, based on what? Well, look at the big look at. I mean, it's all over the news about yeah. what just happened and yeah. you know how much money this this mm-hmm. Bitcoin thing lost, and they're saying it's like. What I don't know. Someone said five to seven times worse than what Madoff took people yeah, for. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, and it happened like overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Instantly. Instantly. Which Correct. I can see can can make people emotional and make them want to knee jerk some way just to react. Correct. So people right now their knee jerk is to hunker down. We've had calls. You know, should I go to cash? You look at making sure that you know you've put them in the proper investments based on what their risk tolerance is. When they come in and sit down, you talk to them and say, "Hey, listen. First of all, you have to understand this is short term. Mm-hmm. If you go back since the, uh, 1929 and look at every recession this country's ever had, mm-hmm. up until today, the longest one was roughly about 22 months. Okay. The average is about 14 months. Okay. Okay. That's short lived. Short lived. Um. Your growth periods tend to be 10 years long, with the exception of this last one, which ran, what, 14? With one blip, it was about 14 years. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. we had a 14. And you have to understand, during those growth years, you're always going to have a period during the year where there's going to be pullbacks and corrections. Sure. But the year overall finishes positive. So if you start reacting emotionally based on markets dropping, you can miss those upticks. And that's the worst thing you can do. So, 
And Go you're, ahead. You're too late, right? You're getting emotional because you see the market's declining. You look at your your 401k or IRA, you see the value, you know, moving down, and then you get emotional and you get scared. And you're like, oh, let's sell, let's get out. I can't take it anymore. Well, you should have done that prior to it moving down. Right. If that's what you want to do, say, oh, this is doing really well, and uh, I predict it's going to fall in the next six months. Let's sell. But you can't do that, right? right? That's the whole thing about creating a strategic plan having a long-term plan and sticking to it because you don't know what's going to happen next month, next six months, next year, right? History tells us the markets typically move up, but you also have these periods where they go down, right? So you have to be in that for the long-term. Having said that, long-term doesn't mean you're swinging for the fences all the time. Long-term means creating your plan, whether your plan when you're in your 20s is, is all equities, or mm-hmm. all stocks, mm-hmm. um, or your plan when you're 50s is, you know what, we're going to have some stocks, some bonds, and some real estate, and some other things in there. It, whatever your plan is. Cash annuities. Annuities, right? right and you establish right. that, and you stick with it, because that plan is supposed to be structured to take, um, not take advantage of, but handle right. these negative scenarios, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So stick stick to your knitting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you put a proper plan together, it will handle volatility like this. Right. Because you're going to diversify your assets across different spectrums of, of what the markets and the insurance industries have to offer. And you can really, really lessen the blow of what's currently happening today. And we see it firsthand with clients coming in, and, and they're not overreacting. In fact, you know, some of them are asking the right question. Hey, Steve, I got some extra money that's been sitting in the bank earning 0%. Inflation's eroding my purchasing power. Are there things out there I can buy right now? Because it's a sale. Mm-hmm. For the last eight, nine months, it's a great time to be putting money into the markets because you're buying low. Right. right. And we've right. got our younger clients, right, that are still working and they're like, you know, I've been putting in 7%. I can afford, Sean, I think I can afford right now to put in 10 Should I? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right now. In, right. Um, and, and, but consistently do it, right? Buy. It's called dollar cost averaging, which we've talked about in the past, right? You, you put a certain amount of money in month after month after month after month, but because the markets don't go in a straight line, when we have these dips like we've seen and we will see again, and you're buying low, right? So just keep doing that. It's a great, great program that people don't, don't see. Oftentimes I see people that get a, some, they amass some money at the end of the year. They, you know, they, they plop it in. It's good. I'm glad you're doing that. But I'd much rather see you, when you get a little bit of money each month during the course of the year, put that put mm-hmm. that in your portfolio. Invest it. Mm-hmm. And again, but they also have to buy in on the fact that they're in it for the long term. Absolutely. Because that's, that's what's going to make it all right. That's right, Pat. Yeah. You, know? It, you know, having this conversation day in and day out with people, most people get it if they've been educated. A lot of people haven't. I mean, you have a, someone who comes in with a 401k and that's all they have. Right. Sometimes those people in the 401k plans, their hands are tied in the sense that they're very limited on what their investment options are. Mm. So a lot of times we'll have people come into the office who are, you know, 59, 60. They plan to work for the next five to seven years. We'll do in-service rollovers on their 401k where they can stay working, still contribute to the 401k, okay, but they can now move their a large chunk of the 401k over to their own IRA and have us manage it, which opens the door 
to a big, broad investment options that are available out in the world today. And it may not just be stocks and bonds. You know, you can look into the insurance industry. There's all kinds of things out there that you can look at and really diversify the portfolio even further so that when these kinds of volatilities hit, you're not, if the market's down 20 and you're down eight or 10, you you know, as long that- You're up. If that fits (laughs) your risk profile and your tolerance, you run with it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the way you should be looking at things. Is there an optimum point in your progression uh, where you should start uh, establishing balance and diversifying, getting out of just equities and doing equities and this and that? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just thinking about a client that came in the other day. I was looking at her her 401k plan, right? And she's been working at the company for 35 years, right? She's okay. one of those exceptions to the rule where you mm-hmm. just stay there. And I looked at it. I said, you've got 90% stocks here and, f- and 10% bonds. She goes, yeah, that's that's what I started with when I started the company. So 35 said, years ago. Wow. Said, okay. So you're you're about to retire in a couple of years. I love the fact that you have a long-term perspective, but that doesn't mean set it and forget it. It means adjust your portfolio, you know, to your risk tolerance as you age. Right. Meaning when you're 20, yeah, swing for the fences, have all yep. those stocks, yep. mm-hmm. right? That's the way you want to be. But as you get older, as you get closer to retirement, you need a little bit more stability in there because you can't withstand this market volatility. So introduce some bonds and some other things uh, into your plan that has less volatility. And uh, and yeah. one of the things we do is we monitor their risk tolerance. Right. We, and that's the key component. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, okay, these guys, she probably did a risk profile when she started, and she probably never did one since <laughs> right, then. Right, exactly. So she didn't know any better. It's not her fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have people come in all the time. You become a client. We're, we're monitoring your risk tolerance every three years. And it's interesting when you're just I'm sorry just out of curiosity why three years is a period of time it's just it, people don't change that quickly okay and you can if they're going to change that quickly you can usually pick it up sitting in a meeting and let's just say it's a two-year period mm-hmm. and you sense in their voice mm-hmm. then we may do it that that right then and there okay but you can generally three years is is, is kind of an average that we've picked and if we sense it earlier than that We'll do another one, but right. whatever, or if there's a big life change, we'll it, we'll readdress it. Right, correct. Yeah. Got you. Correct, okay. but understanding and monitoring these things really helps to build the plan and position that person where they want to be based on risk. So it's not always about age, and that's one of the things I think uh, bothers me a lot. It's um, you have a lot of a lot of these targeted funds these days. And they're good. They're good funds, and they, and they work well. What they do is they basically let's just say I'm going to retire in ten years. Okay. So I'm in a company putting money into a 401k plan. I'm actually going to probably invest because I don't know any better in a 2032 plan, which means it's 2022 now. I'm going to retire in 2032. 2032 right. So that's a targeted plan. Right. So it does all the shifting for you, whether or not it's really your risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you get older, it will shift from stocks to more bonds, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So therefore, understanding every three years what your risk tolerance is 
that may not be the best investment option for you. That's right. And it's also blind to every other thing going on in your life. It doesn't know how much, what your assets are, right? What your value of your home is. If you have a mortgage on it, it doesn't know what type of life insurance you have. It doesn't know if you have an annuity. It doesn't know how much you have in the bank and CDs, so on and so forth, right? So it's, it's, it's a good start. But it's creating a blend that's blind to everything else beyond your 401k. Yeah, it's, it's on a glide yeah, path. It's just on that path, right? It's on that path. So you, you, you want to be aware of those things when you're putting money into a 401k. And most 401ks give you the option to, you know, build your own 401k and not do a targeted plan. Now, you, we were talking before we went on the air. And then, Sean, you said something about uh, focus on the total real return of your investments. What, what I... You lost me on that one. That's easy to do sometimes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was I was in the middle of two conversations. Nice shot across <laughs> the bow. Sorry, A little shot well, across the bow here. Thank you. Uh, so, but you were talking about the total real return as opposed to the total unreal return. <laughs> yeah. So if if uh, let's look at today, um, inflation I think was just about eight percent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that means that the cost of something today is eight percent higher than it was a year ago. Okay. So if it was a uh, hundred dollars last year, it's one hundred eight dollars right. this year. Okay. So if you had a hundred dollars and you invested it, and your return was ten percent. You'd had $110, but inflation was 8%. Mm-hmm. You really only had a 2% gain because everything costs oh, you 8% more. Right. You made 10%. There's only 2% difference. So it's looking at, uh, at inflation, um, which, you know, we've been lulled into complacency for decades now. Yeah, yeah. Um, clipping along at 2%, you don't notice right. $2 on a $100 you know, expense year over year. But yep. now we're feeling it, aren't we, at the gas pump, real estate, you know, everything else. So you have to really look at the inflation and, and what negative impact it can have on you in retirement, in, especially in this long-term plan we have. Right. So that makes it the real number. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. When you're figuring everything when into it. When you're figuring it all in. That's okay. right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And, and then eventually, you're going to start to create, as I've mentioned in many of the shows, you know, your income streams. And so whether you're investing just in IRA money or non-IRA money, which we call non-qualified money, mm-hmm. which is completely taxed, completely different. And you want to understand that because when you go to take that specific money out, it's taxed differently than income. So it's going to be taxed at a capital gains. Uh, and you want to make sure that it's long-term, which is you know roughly between 15 and 20%. As opposed to the short term, which could be what forty five percent, Sean. I don't remember the number on short term. No, I think it's in the thirties, right? Is so a lo- long term gain is anything you've held over uh, twelve months. Correct. Right, and the short term is less than that, um, and I, I think it's in the thirty percent range. Uh, you know what? The reason I'm I don't know exactly what it is is when we, we typically do this long term, right? And, Correct. And for our clients, we're not churning these portfolios with lots of transactions. It's a buy and hold, right? Is we're buying these mm-hmm. companies and these stocks and these funds because we like them, and mm-hmm. so it's it's very infrequent where I'm encountering these short term gains. Yeah. Right. What's what's the benefit yeah. of a short term? Well, the, the the benefit of the short term gain is what you would. I mean, essentially, if you've owned this stock or whatever it is, and you like it, but then something fundamentally happens. Um, and you think that it's going to be decrease in value, you sell it, you've locked in a gain, right. you have to pay taxes on it, but you're never going to pay more taxes than you had in a gain. So um, 
that's that's why you would encounter something like that. Okay. Makes sense. You've been listening to the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast, presented by Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions, call 888-333-3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite apps. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Davis Wealth Management and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.